welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team. Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3. If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com. But for now, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us again on another episode of the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about what you need to know about being single in youth ministry, even if you're married. So we're going to do intros a little bit different here today. So I need name, age, and marital status, please. We're going to start with someone that you will soon learn their name because I'm not going to steal the opportunity of you to share it. Hey friends, I'm AJ, I'm 32, I'm single, and I'm ready to Christian mingle. (laughs) (laughs) .com, not a sponsor, by the way, but that's wonderful. What's up, everybody? I am Dave, I am 32, and I am not married. Okay, Mm. and Dave, this is your first time on the podcast. Yes, it is, and I'm excited to be here. What are two awesome things to know about Dave? Ooh, um, I work a middle school pastor here in the city of Atlanta, which I love. And um, and you do Ironmans? Yes, that is correct. You should talk I've about done, that. I have done an Ironman, and I'm doing another one this year, and I'm excited about it. I I, I, don't, I don't even know. It makes I couldn't no even sense I couldn't even tell you all the stuff that an Ironman does. <laughs> so that's awesome. Appreciate it. I'm Ashley. I'm 36 in single. And I'm Chef, and I thought we were talking about small groups. So. <laughs> Surprise! You, you were sent the wrong agenda for this podcast. Uh, awesome. Right? Yeah. No, I am 47, uh, but been married for 22 years. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks. And my name is Brett, and I have been married for 15 years. Cool. Yeah. And so, obviously, we're talking about what we need to know about being single in youth ministry. Uh, even if we're married. And so Chef and I are ministry leaders who have led folks who are single, whether that's volunteers or whether that's actual staff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Ashley, Dave, and Ashley, who we're going to be calling AJ um, because her last name is Johnson. And it's confusing when there's two Ashleys, especially if you're just listening to this. So AJ, you're AJ. Thanks for announcing yourself that way too. Um, But you guys are, are single and you guys are leading ministries and have led ministries and have dealt with all of the the difficulty sometimes that can come along with those pieces. So the first question that I want to ask you guys is how awkward or nervous are you feeling about <laughs> this about this podcast topic? Awkward and there we go. And, yeah. that, I think that uh, that pretty clearly speaks. To Was that awkward? <laughs> I, I feel great. I'm excited to be here. I think we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna dive in, and you know, I'm an open book. Whatever, we'll talk about it. I'm excited too. Uh, it is awkward and I am a little nervous, um, but I'm excited just to get the chance to to talk through some of this stuff for our listeners. Yeah. I'm a little bit nervous because like I said, I, I've, I've been married 15 years. I got married pretty young. And so it's easy for me to either make assumptions sometimes or say things and I don't even recognize like, oh my gosh, that probably wasn't the way to say that or the best way to say it. So I'm kind of excited just to hear about your all's experiences and to be able to share about those and a little bit nervous that I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm actually really excited we're doing this episode um, because I think this is an important topic in ministry, but I'm not going to lie. I am a little nervous because there's like always a weirdness when talking about singleness, yeah. especially in ministry. Um, Cause the, like you were saying, there's a ton of assumptions and um, in order to have like an honest conversation, it's like, 
you have to call out those things. Yeah. But it you get nervous that people are gonna think you're like angry about it or <laughs> like upset yeah. your about your relationship status or something. So sometimes it's hard to have like a healthy conversation about it. So I'm a little just nervous about that. So let's all agree this is a safe space. We're gonna believe the best about each other. <laughs> and good. we're gonna say, hey, you just said this and you should probably not say that. And we're gonna be okay if those kind of things happen. Yeah. And then we can all hug at the end. That's right. Yeah. Perfect. So I, I'm not sure about the hug part, but I'm like, you know, I am, uh, I guess I'm nervous. I'm kind of wondering, you know, in one way, I'm wondering why I'm here. And another, um, I think it makes total sense that I'm here as I've learned so much about diversity over the last few years. I've learned so much about just thinking about who's in the room over the last few mm. years. This is a category that I just never considered to think about how I'm talking about, how I describe, how I say certain things. Yep. And so um, Ashley has been uh, more than forward about letting me know when I you know, overdo it. And I got to work with both Ashley and Dave for a season. Um, and so, you know, I'm wondering just, just how I did, you know, yeah. <laughs> over that season. So glad to be here. I think it's really important, especially if you are married. Um, I think you need to listen carefully because it's just, it's just another filter to think about the people you work with. Yeah. And, and you use the, the, the phrase others awareness, you know, in leadership, we talk about this idea of self-awareness yeah. a lot, which I think is really important it in is. emotional yeah. intelligence and, and different things like that. But I think that as a culture, we're even starting to recognize more and more how important this idea of others awareness and circumstantial awareness. And yeah. just because I might be have a certain experience doesn't mean other people do. Right. And the more that I understand and filter everything through their experience and not just mine, the more beneficial it's gonna be right. for for everybody. Yeah. So I think that's a that's a great point, Chef. Well, I also think, you know, in talking to Ashley and um and, and this team through it, it, like it's it's changed the way I talk to my kids about their mm -hmm. future. It's changed so Anyway, as we talk about kids and what their futures are, I think it's super important to think about not only who you're working with, but how we talk about marriage and yep. everything to kids. So, yeah. absolutely. All right. So, Ashley, AJ, and Dave, first question for you all to think through and share with us. When you're single, what is the hardest thing about church life and ministry life? So whether that's just being a part of a church, that can be that can be part of it that you talk on, or whether that is actually kind of leading in ministry and being in ministry. I mean, I think right off the bat, the whole idea of church is it's really family centric. Hmm. Um, it's really built like programs and um, events and everything's kind of built around the family unit. Hmm. Um, and sometimes you know, singles ministries and um, single people might feel lost in that. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, just the assumption that single people can't speak into family issues mm. or that it's just like never acceptable for a single person to give any type of advice, you know, um, when <laughs> Paul gave us some of the biggest family advice that we yeah. have and he was single. So just that assumption that like you don't have anything to offer to this conversation of family if you're single. So AJ just set the bar up here. She mm -hmm. had a biblical reference uh -oh. for her thing. So anything you guys <laughs> come out with, boom, you just better have a biblical reference. Yeah, I was just gonna out. add on to what Ash was saying <laughs> yeah. is is not only that you have nothing to offer, but almost like you, you haven't arrived at spiritual yeah. maturity yeah. if you haven't gotten mm. married or if you haven't had children yet. Um, there's often an assumption or, and I don't think it's ever intentional, but it comes off that way mm. as if you don't, you just don't know yet. Yep. 
Yeah. I think that's probably going to be one of the underlying pieces that's the most important for folks that are married to here is we're not talking about intention with a lot of this. Mm -hmm. It's that's just great. it's just allowing ourselves to think outside of our own context and how is this going to come across to someone who has a different a different experience right. than me. Um, I think one of the things that can be tough is um, finding your people kind of on the team that you work on. Mm. That for me, has been a challenge um, because most of the people that I work with are married. And so that's a little bit different. It's not impossible, but uh, there's not a lot of people in my same stage of life at my job. Yeah. Um, so that can be tough. Uh, another thing that can be a little bit tricky is the way people talk uh, to, to something that Chef mentioned earlier. Um, you hear a lot of examples about uh, how important it is that you go home and spend time with your family or with your kids. Um, and, and that's a great thing, I'm sure, but that doesn't really apply to me. Yeah. Uh, so trying to figure out, you know, where I fit in and yeah. what, how that relates to my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah I think yeah. you said something like your most important ministry is your ministry to your kids or something, you know, I which I've heard lots lot. of times, but mm -hmm. I had never considered, you know, mm -hmm. Dave. So, yeah, and it's, and and what I'm what I'm making some assumptions about here. So now this is where you guys can push back. I don't think that you guys would necessarily disagree with that for parents, but I think where the frustration in lies is that's where the conversation stops so often from from the stage. Mm -hmm. So the issue isn't necessarily that something you know that something like that gets talked about about how important it is that as parents you're investing in the lives of Absolutely. your kids. Of course, but it's just. It's just that mm -hmm. that's where it stops, and right. there's no other conversations. There's no other. There's no other examples, and it's not that you need the examples to clarify. Like, right. well, wait, wait, you didn't give me an example. I don't know what it means for me. But it's so often just a value statement. If yeah. this is the only thing that we talk mm -hmm. about from the stage, then we're just devaluing. Is is that sort of kind of the the emotional reaction in those situations that you guys would say you feel? Yeah, I think it it. There's this assumption that. Um, everybody wants that mm. um and i think that makes it really hard to be in a church and be single especially if you don't know if you want that yep or if you're considering you know if you have never considered another option um i think there's also this assumption that you're single because there's something wrong with you mm. like you're weird or you don't know how to get along with people or you know there's there's all kinds of pressure i think um, not to mention the like let me set you up kind of moment. They're um, <laughs> <laughs> always awkward. Those are fun. Yeah. We should talk about those. Fun, fun, fun for who? Yeah. <laughs> fun for who? You know, Brett, one of the toughest things for me, I think, is just being uh, in a stage of life that not a lot of people that I work with are. Mm. So being in my early 30s um, in ministry, as I look around the tables that I sit at, I, I find myself frequently being the only single person at the mm. table. Uh, so which is great and, and it has a lot of opportunities with it, but it also causes some tension and some probably lack of understanding and maybe some assumptions about sure. me that I don't love. Absolutely. So. I agree with that. I would say for me, um, the hardest part would be the assumptions of that I do want to be married mm. or that I should want that. Mm. Yeah. So that kind of leads me to the next question. What do you wish married people understood <laughs> about being single in ministry? Whew. This... I think one of the things this is going to sound kind of silly, but uh, maybe to admit that they might not understand what it's yeah. like to be single uh, today, especially for folks that have been married for quite a while. Um, it, it has changed significantly mm. um, with, you know, just the internet and apps and everything that's going on. Uh, so just 
an acknowledgement of that, but also a desire to understand. I want them to ask questions about what it's like, what my dating life is like. I don't mind those personal questions. Um, you, so you would want, I mean, obviously if they've got that kind of relationship with sure, you, of them asking you those kind of questions. I think in a relationship where I know the person and trust them, I'm, yeah. I would love to talk about it. Uh, in the past, I've had supervisors who have said, oh, I just, I don't get it. So we just kind of move on. Yeah. And I don't feel particularly understood or known. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's almost like, what is such a huge part of my life. I mean, obviously for me, um, I, I would like to be married. So I spend a lot of time thinking about dating and relationships. And if I have a supervisor who's just like, I just don't get it, but they don't try to understand. Yeah. That's just a huge part of what I'm going yep. through that is now off the table. Yeah. So that can mm. be tough. I get that. Yeah. I think somebody mentioned it before, but I wish that married people just knew that it's not the plague, <laughs> you know, mm. that it's not something so wrong with you or your life is just so incomplete and just so lonely and sad. Even if you do experience moments of loneliness or moments of wanting to be married, it, it's not, and I'm just speaking for myself, I do have single friends that they really, really, really do want to be married. And it is something that is a, a major goal in their life, but it doesn't always mean sad and lonely mm. and depressed, yeah. you know? Mm, that's good. Uh, I think I would want married people to know um, that my time is just as valuable as theirs. Oof. And the way we spend our free time <laughs> is, is just different. I mean, I, I specifically remember a time I was on a team and um, it was during like recruiting volunteer season. And everyone on the team um, was kind of assigned a different group of people to interview to try to recruit volunteers. And they asked me if I would do all the interviews for the high school students, but they couldn't happen until the evening. Mm. And so I, in that moment, I was like, no. Like, I, I really, it, it was hard for me because I wanted to be a team player, but I knew that the reason they were asking me that was because my evenings must be open because yeah. I don't have right. a husband or I don't have children. And so I think I just wish um, people that were married understood that and valued that and did, and yeah. I didn't have to be the one to remind them of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think sometimes being single, uh, you can almost feel guilty by prioritizing yourself outside yeah. of work mm. um, because you do feel a little bit of an expectation. Oh, well, he, like Ashley, like you just said, he doesn't have kids to go home to, so he could do this. Now, personally, just speaking for myself here, I don't mind doing some of that extra stuff because um, I do realize my schedule is more flexible and I value that. But it's really important for me that the person who is asking is aware that they're asking me to do something is appreciative of it and, yeah. and I think probably doesn't expect it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a difference between somebody trying to take advantage of that fact mm -hmm, yes, and you being willing to step in the times where you want to do that and say, yeah, mm -hmm. this is, I can jump in there. Right? Yeah. Like I've had conversations with managers before where they, they, they might have asked me to do something like Ashley got asked and, and I would have said no as well for, based on the assumption to that one. But they've asked me to do something that might take place outside of normal hours, but there's been a, okay, but you know, since you're going to do that on a Wednesday night when you can, why, why don't you take the next Tuesday morning off you yeah. know, and do something mm -hmm. that you want to do? That kind of thing. It's mm -hmm. a give and take. Um, and, it, and it's not just assuming, well, Dave's just single so he can do that, yeah. right. you know, because I yeah, have hobbies good. and family and yeah. friends and things that I want to attend to as well. Do you feel like th this tension is different in some ways for boys and girls, for guys and gals? Boys and girls. Oh, man. <laughs> I do. I think that there is an assumption that single women are just temptresses. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and that we're just on the prowl for Ayo. all the men in the world. Like we're just, whether you're single, prowl. whether you're married, watch, watch out, out for the single women. <laughs> They're dangerous. And that is so. AJ's bringing the heat. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you, would, do you agree, Ash? I, I'm with you. Yeah. 
You keep going though. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Keep going. But the reality is, you know, that has nothing to do with being a single woman or not, yeah. you know? And if it's a woman or a man that's gonna tempt anyone, they could be married or single. Yeah. I don't know how it is for single men, mm. but I know that you feel it. You just feel like, whether I'm talking to a single man or a married man, it's kind of like, uh, you know, hey, let's set up some boundaries. Mm. And I'm just having a co coffee conversation yeah, <laughs> kind of thing, sure. you know, casually. I think on uh, the guy side of things, at least in my experience, um, there's a bit of a, uh, it's it's not judgmental, it's not, it, mm -hmm. but it is, it, it's almost assumed that I am, uh, maybe it's just me, but flaky or uh, like a bit of a liability or a bit of a risk, yeah. like, I, like I'm just gonna up mm -hmm. and move, which I might, but I do think <laughs> there is some of that, I get treated that way. Um, this is, uh, this was a mentor who meant well, but I, I once had a mentor, I asked for some career advice and he said, if I were you, I'd do two things. I would, I'd go to seminary and I would get married. Mm. <laughs> and, and I remember looking at him and being like, bro, I, I, I'm trying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's a terrible reason to get married. I've heard, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, and so it was just one of those things where it was like, it, the implication was that there was something I was missing career-wise because mm -hmm. I was single. Yep. Uh, and so I hear that sometimes. Not just career-wise, but like Ashley has said before, there's almost this way that we talk about marriage in the church where you have not reached spiritual maturity unless mm -hmm. you've yeah. experienced marriage before. I, I was once in a conversation where we were talking about churches and like what they look for in hiring candidates mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. youth workers. And he didn't know me at all. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all the grace here. And we were in different generations for sure. Um, but in the conversation, he said, oh, no church wants to hire a single person. Ooh. That's just a liability. Yeah, and tough. of course, my friend across the room was like, <laughs> don't kill him right now. Because I mean, he doesn't know. But in that moment, I'm just like, oh, how do we undo that? Mm. Yeah. And like, why does it have to be that way? Mm. And what message are we actually sending people when we say that? I think you know, to, to take a stab at that question, I think there is some, like I mentioned, um, the nervousness that you're not as settled, you're not as stable. Yeah. Maybe you don't have roots as right. much as someone who has kids or whatever might have. Yeah. Can I just say yes. that I wish um, people understood that there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. Mm. Like you don't have to have roots. You don't yeah. have to have kids. You mm. you but, literally can leave in three well, years and you have every right to do that. You have every right to Which, do that. But I, I, what ma it makes me think about is as a ministry leader who has a limited amount of resources for staff development or who gets to go to seminary or, you know, what we're going to mm -hmm. invest in, it makes me wonder um, two things. One, like what are my known like biases as I'm deciding that? And then what are my unknown kind mm. of, you know, does singleness, you know, maybe unknowingly, you know, make me think about it differently. You're absolutely right. You have every right to go as anybody does along the way. But, you know, I mean, a lot of times I would, I would ask, I mean, what are your, I mean, what are your intentions? Are you intending yeah. to be here? I would love to send you to seminary, but mm -hmm. you know, I want to, I need, I need some, you know, payoff from the investment or at yeah. least some sort of a agreement that you would you know, hang out because I only have so much to offer yeah. and those sorts of things. But, you know, it just makes me think that is yeah, all I'm saying. That makes sense. And I, I think some of it probably comes down to also the church's abuse of the the, the spouse of the person that they hire. And so often mm, there's yeah. the two for one thing. Mm -hmm. And so, no, we want to hire somebody who's married because oh, we really point. know that we're not just hiring one person. We're really kind of hiring two people wow. there. And I think some of there is probably some fear in my mind 
of, I have had some conversations with some church leaders who have dealt with some really gnarly situations where single people on their staff start dating people inside the church and different things like that, right. that, that turn into a mess. But I've also had conversations with church leaders who have married people on their staff who start dating people <laughs> right, right, in the church. And right. that turns out even to be yeah. to be bigger messes. Well, I yeah. think there's wisdom yeah. in policies where you're not you don't you're not dating somebody you report to and all those sorts of things. And it always is a mess. But I mean, I've navigated those. And, you know, as long as you're talking about yeah. it, like yeah. in a healthy way, it's always worked out pretty well, whether we move people around or they break up or I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, um, they don't break up because of that. But normally it's like by the time we get to that conversation, yeah. they've broken up. That happens, you, which makes it weird too. So <laughs> you just said, you just said something I think is big. It's just talk about it, have the conversation. Right. Um, you know, if you are questioning my motives or stability or whatever, I think it's just ask me what my plans are. Ask me how right. I'm feeling. If I, if, if me being sticking around is, um, you know, a part of your decision to help me go to seminary, then just ask me if I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. let's have, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just kind of assumptions because those assumptions mm. can be killer and yeah. you feel them as a single person, yeah. I think. I mean, as a married person, when I went to grad school, that, that was part of the agreement is that you would stick around as many years as you went to grad school. Hmm. Um, and that wasn't a church that was in a, a school, you hmm. know? And so, um, I just think that's a, but but again, the, I don't want to diminish the point because I think it's a really good one. Like there may be an unknown bias towards that, mm -hmm. that we just need to check ourselves. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the difference between guys and girls. Do you feel like that there's a difference kind of in, in stages of life? Like the difference of being single in ministry in your 20s and being single in your ministry in 30s? Absolutely. I mean, as a woman, you're always reminded of the clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that goes into the direction of having children and what yeah. a healthy That's age gotta is. That's got to be fun. Oh, yeah, tons. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just being aware of it more when you're in your 20s, it's just, it feels like that's just the normal way of things but when you're in your 30s it's like oh i have to be conscious of mm. you know my health and risk factors and um yeah and like i said that kind of goes into the direction of more like children more so than just marriage but yeah. yeah i think dating just gets a little bit more complicated the older you get i'm speaking from a 32 year old perspective but um you just have to filter so many things the reality is a lot of my friends have already been married or maybe even divorced by the mm. time they're in their mid thirties. So dating just evolves this whole conversation where it's not just, you know, we just graduated college. Yeah. You know. I think dating to your point changes as you get in your thirties. And then I think, and actually we've talked about this before, but the opinions about you dating shift a lot. I've found yeah. post 30. So now all of a mm. sudden people are asking, why aren't you married? You know, mm. which is a, which is kind of a bad question. Mm. <laughs> They're never yeah. really a good question to ask someone why they aren't married. But you start to get that a little bit. You, people start to wonder, you know, do, do you want to get married? Are you going to get married? Are you going to do kind of what we thought you would do mm -hmm. um, in the, the kind of the path we had laid out for you? Um, and it can the, the I just noticed the attitudes shift just yeah. a little mm. bit and the questions people ask start to change. Yeah. Have you? Um, I agree. I think it's different in your 20s and your 30s. And Ash, I, I didn't have the same experience as you explained. Like, I've never really had the thought about like a clock ticking or necessarily that pressure on me um, to have children. Um, but I definitely, it was all like indirect pressure. Um, I almost felt like that's what I was supposed to want. Mm. Yeah. And in my 20s, like you graduate college, you're, you're dating people or looking to date people. And then everyone's kind of trying to figure out where they're going to settle for their job and who they are and who their friends are going to be now that you're out of college. 
And there are a lot of people are single in that phase, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think um, I didn't in my 20s, I didn't know who I was and what I wanted. Um, and as I've gotten older and in now I'm 36 single, I'm, I feel like I have a clearer view of like who I am and what I want that I didn't necessarily have yet in my 20s. And it's not that no 20 year old can, can have that. I just was slow or something. Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I just, in my thirties, there just aren't a lot of people who are single as you were saying, Dave. And I mean, I was just having a conversation with one of my friends who works at a church and um, he's in his thirties, he's single. And when he joined that staff, the staff had like a staff small group that they would meet together, right or wrong, that's what they had. Um, but because he wasn't married, he wasn't allowed to be in the staff small group. Mm, and oh, so wow. he was told he had to go, you know, get in a different group. Well, the only singles group at that church was 20 somethings. And so here he is on this church staff feeling so alone because he doesn't fit in with the 20, 20 something singles and he's not fitting in with his married 30 something mm -hmm. friends. And it creates such a silo for people yeah. as they get older and are single. Yeah, and I've, I've, heard, I've heard some single friends talk about this idea of, of how important it is, especially if, if they've moved somewhere where they're not necessarily near a lot of their family, of kind of being invited into other people's families in some, in some sense and how helpful that that can be. And I know like for me, like I would always like, I would feel like I'm hurting somebody's feelings. Like, Hey, you know, we're, you know, we're all on Saturday going to the park and we're going to do whatever. Like, do you want to come with us? Like me, I feel like I'm going to communicate like you're single. You don't have anything to do. Do you want to be a part of my family? But on the other end, I do hear some single people say like, it, it is a value to us when other people include us in in some of those things. I mean, what's the, like, do you feel that? Do you feel like that would be a piece that would be helpful to you or it wouldn't? Yes and no. I would say yes in the sense of, I love when married people invite single people to hang out and not assume they're gonna feel awkward being a third wheel. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like we can all just hang out as adults. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, sometimes it can be annoying because it feels like you're being invited to babysit their kids. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Like literally, because yeah. the kids, you're a new person in the house or you're yeah. hanging out with the family and they wanna hang out with you. And so like it, it's a yes and a no situation. For sure. Yeah, that makes sense to me. What about context of the situation? Like, do you feel like this is different in different communities or like depending on what area maybe of the states that they're in? It's a good question. We've talked about this a lot. I think there is something to being in the South. There is a higher hmm. expectation to get married. Um, hmm. I know my context growing up in black church, there is a huge not just about marriage, but just the position of being a single woman. It's like you must wait and hmm expect for your Prince Charming to come find you. So it's like, well, what do you do? Going back to the, you know, dating in your decades of 20s and 30s, what does dating really look like? Um, if I'm in my 30s, am I just supposed to just keep waiting, keep yeah. waiting until he who finds a, a wife kind of wakes up and finds me? It's like, what, what am I supposed to do with my time? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, I grew up in the Midwest, then lived 10 years on the East Coast and then moved to the South. So I definitely feel like there's a difference regionally mm. in our country um, on, on the way that singles are viewed um, and the pressure on marriage. Um, I know I've you know lived down here for about four and a half years now in the South, and it's a, defin it's a 
a big difference hmm. for for me. Um, that how how you're viewed when you're single, especially in the church, in, in a good cell. way or a bad way. In a bad or, way. Like, okay. at, for example, there was one time I was speaking, and, and this woman in the front row was like, "Ashley, come here." Like, "Hey, are you married?" And I was like, "No." She goes, "Oh, honey, I'm so sorry." Mm. And I was like, "Oh, I'm good." <laughs> and she's like, "What do you mean? You don't want to get married?" <laughs> and I go, "I don't know. I I'm fine by like as I am." And she goes, "But you're so gorgeous. You're gonna waste that." Mm. Oof. Oh. You know, like I was like, Sheesh. "Ugh." Like that's so frustrating. And like where I grew up in a family, I'm so thankful for my father who, and mother, they never put pressure on us mm. to get married. Like my dad grew up with really strong sisters. Mm. And so he never ever would say things like, when you get married kind yeah. of things. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time being in high school and I was like, dad, maybe I won't go to college. Like I'll just marry some rich guy and whatever. And he's like, you are going to college. And if you choose to get married one day, great. But you are gonna have an education. You're mm. gonna be able to provide for yourself because you don't know whatever is gonna happen in your life. And you will be able to like provide for a good life. Yeah. And so I'm so grateful for my parents never putting that pressure on me, even mm. as an adult, never asking like, are you gonna get married? Are you gonna have kids? Never once. Like my parents have been amazing about that, so I'm like so grateful. And I know yeah. I know not everybody has that experience. Well, that's convicting yeah. to me as a dad. I've got I've got three young kids, two daughters and a son, and I'm sure there are probably things that I've never thought about before. Where because kids ask random questions all the time, and I've probably answered some questions like, "Yeah, when you're a mom," or "Yeah, you know, when you're older and you're a dad," or "Yeah, you know, when you, when you're older and you're," you know what I mean? Like those kind of things that, again, I, yeah. it just probably have never even occurred to me. Am I building some expectations mm -hmm. for them where if that doesn't happen for them or if they decide they don't want it at some point, like oh, I'm going to disappoint dad if I don't yeah. ABCD. I was just at a high school girl small group and um, I was talking a little bit about my story and then my story talked about that I'm single and and afterwards I asked the girls, well, I actually made it a requirement. They all had to ask me a question, you know, for the <laughs> one girl who wanted to ask the question but didn't want to look like a weirdo asking a question. So they all had to. And the one girl goes, can we go back to, you said you were single and you were fine with that. Like, do you want to get married? And I said, you know, I, I'm i not like totally close to it, but I really love being single and I'm good at it. Mm. And so I'm not really pursuing that. And she was like, oh my gosh, like I never even knew that it was a choice. Mm. Man. And I like totally wanted to ball in that moment because I, I remember that moment in my 20s when I realized like, I didn't know in the moment when my dad was raising me that way that he was setting me up to, yeah. you know, be a confident, independent woman. But I just, I think a lot of our students, like you were saying, like we say things indirectly with all the best intentions, yeah. you know, and we do build up expectations. And then when our teenagers get to be 25, 26, and they're not married yet, they feel like they failed. Hmm. So I grew up um, kind of on the opposite side of that spectrum. Uh, great parents, loved the Lord, put a pretty high pressure on me getting married. Yeah. Um, and it was actually where I grew up, kind of in the North Florida panhandle, it was it was pretty Southern there and that, that's kind of what you did. And so I went off to school to study uh, student ministry and I, I remember thinking that I would probably be engaged when I graduated, yeah. right. um, which is, you know, that and that was just what people did. Um, and I think to what you're saying is, it, when I realized that I wasn't engaged when I graduated, I was like, okay, that's not exactly what I expected. Get into the mid twenties, late twenties. Now all of a sudden I feel like I'm letting people down. I feel mm -hmm. like my parents are, are maybe disappointed. They would have never said that, but that's kind of right. what I felt. Um, 
And I remember having to have a conversation with them and kind of telling them, hey, would you please stop asking me? Like when I'm gonna get married, please stop asking uh, who I'm dating because it's putting some pressure on me. Mm -hmm. And it feels like I'm not making the most of this season. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that I would encourage people to be on the lookout for. So I'm gonna remind myself is that today is as important as any day in the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. right? So this ministry that I'm doing is not lacking because I'm single. It, it may be enhanced, but um, to make the most of it, to not be waiting, to not say, oh, my life will begin when, because I I know I'm talking a lot right now, but I went no, through, fine. when I was 23, I went through a breakup that was really bad and thinking I was going to get married. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I probably wasted two or three years after that, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I don't want to go travel because I don't want to make memories with someone who's not my wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to do all these things. I remember having this moment of like, what are you doing? Like your life is happening in front of you right now. Make the most of it. And so to tie all this up, I I just think if you grew up like me in a context where marriage was encouraged or almost, you know, implied, uh, be careful for that idea that you're missing out or that you're not living your full potential or you're not making the most of your life because you still can. You still have the opportunities, the ministry, all of it can still happen. That's so Uh, great. Sorry for the soapbox. No, No, that's what I've been learning. So good. All right, so let's circle back to this idea of, of, of being ministry leaders. Um, we, we've all been ministry leaders in a lot of ways. We're still currently ministry leaders. People that are listening and watching are probably ministry leaders in some way. And so what are some of the assumptions and expectations for single ministry leaders? So I think there's a lot of, like we've mentioned, a lot of expectations as it relates to time and yeah. flexibility and expecting expecting us to do things that you might not expect someone else on your team to do right. uh, can be a tricky area. And then something that I've heard about some friends in some other ministry contexts is there's some weirdness about salary and money. Hmm. Like maybe we're not as as well compensated. Has anyone else here experienced that? I mean, for sure. I think that there's, you know, we all know there's a pay gap that exists between males and females yeah. in ministry. Yeah. Um, but I think there's also a pay gap that exists between those who are married and unmarried mm-hmm. in ministry. I think, um, you know, a lot of times when you're preparing a benefits package or a salary package for an employee, you're like, what do I need to pay them to get them to move here yeah. and mm-hmm. take this job? And if you as the employer know, well, they have to be able to provide for four children and their wife to stay home, well, then I'm going to need to compensate them for that. But somebody who's single, who's doing the exact same work, oh, we could probably pay them less because they're not providing for yeah. somebody else. Yeah. That's not how the decision's made though. It's not like I am gonna pay them less because they're single. It is what you just said. It, it, and again, it goes back to what are my conscious, you know, what are the things I know that I'm thinking about and considering and what are the unconscious things that mm-hmm. are going on? And I have no doubt it's, it, you know, it's that, but it is, you know, see, uh, pay season comes around, raises come around, this person's just had a baby or the second baby or something like that, I think, it probably is the source of it, you know, at the end of it. And it's not fair. Yeah. Um, it, that's so hard for me to hear yeah. you say. Is it? To be honest. Yeah. Because I know, I mean, I've been in the professional world for, what, 15 years now. Yeah. yeah. And I got my very first raise. Oh, really? In the, Within the last year hmm. of my entire professional yeah. career. That's not like the normal, like, increments, yeah, like, living. cost of living oh, increment. Gotcha, gotcha. And yeah, I'm, so for me, when I hear that, I'm like, okay, yeah. so I'm not having a baby, so it's not a good time to give me yeah. a raise. Yeah. But, but let me just say, like, as a single person living in an apartment for 14 years, because I can't afford anything different. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the things that sing- single people have to go through, like, everything still costs the same, yeah. but you have one income yeah. and one yeah. person doing it all. And I, I 100% agree. I'm, I'm just 
again, thinking through what are the conscious and unconscious mm-hmm. things when I'm dealing out the limited resources, what is going through my mind? I wonder, I'm not thinking back to, you know, a specific time. Um, but I mean, I've heard that like that person has a family to support and so, you know, I've heard sure, that in hear conversation and, and the heart of it isn't let's hose this other yeah. group of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Um, but that, but it still isn't fair. And those are the things that's why we're having these conversations and that's why you need to get to know and be compassionate about and understand someone's situation. Yeah. More well, I, I mean, I've heard of churches that have like, when you have a kid, like there's oh. kind of like an automatic compensation oh, that, that kind of that? gets added to to the salary right. assuming and you're not single right do it <laughs> that's true yes um that they've had a child in yeah. certain circumstances um <laughs> thank you for clarifying that make David. sure appreciate, not that funny I, to some i, I, I appreciate yeah. that um i and i don't think the answer is that churches stop stop being generous in those situations but that they get intentional about how can we be generous no matter what the circumstances are of our staff are. Mm-hmm. Is that you're you're looking at me? Is that. that the answer? Is that not the answer? Put yeah, that. it's not like an anger towards it shouldn't they shouldn't get a raise for that as much as can we just give people pay based on the actual work they're doing and like the value they bring to the organization kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same thing goes for like, even like kids, like single people or people who are choosing not to have kids or people who maybe can't have kids. Yeah. Um, there's still an amount of work that gets picked up when mm-hmm. somebody's out on maternity leave. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's still yeah. extra work that gets put on somebody that they're never compensated for. So, you know, one, it didn't happen to me, but I heard a conversation where um, one of the benefits of working at the church was that your kids got to come to preschool for free. And so a single person came and asked if they could put their niece or nephew in because mm. they don't have their yeah. own children. But, and it was like, uh oh, like here, this is, mm. you know, where, uh, anyway, it, I just bring it up because it was, it was a tough one. It's a great example. Yeah. yeah it's a really know. good example. All right, so we've talked a lot about these tensions and we've talked a lot about the frustrating assumptions and expectations that come along with this. Um, so if we were to look five years in the future of you know church culture as ministry leader, what would you hope is different? What do you, what do you hope starts to happen differently with this? Ooh. Uh, I would say just to consider just expanding the conversation, just like how we're doing, just not generalizing anymore. Mm. It, on such a topic that has been generalized for generations. Um, Just not to assume that everyone is lumped up in the same pile, whether you're single or married, that we can open this conversation. And like Chef was saying, just be more compassionate. It is such a relational topic. Mm -hmm. So you just have to consider the people that are in your ministries or just your friends, you know, and talk to them more about their experiences and just developing more of a listening ear, I'd say. Can you give us some, I mean, it, it, it feels a little bit weird to sit down. I want to be compassionate and I want to understand. I think Dave with you, I could easily say, tell me what it's like, sure. mm-hmm. you know, but I think it would be more awkward for me to ask maybe a female employee, what, give me some my ways of just even bringing it up and understanding. It's a really good question. Yeah. Um, I think the question of, do you want to be married? is valid yeah, you know just to take into consideration that we do have choices um and then if the question if the answer is not oh no i i'm fine where i'm i'm at to just watch yeah. the response of like oh well, is there something wrong with you are you okay yeah, yeah. um <laughs> when yeah. i think back on like 20 years of ministry some of my favorite memories are like you know just 
doing life with people and them meeting somebody and mm-hmm. then getting to be a part of the wedding mm-hmm. and you know and then there's the low end you know the you know we've been through infertility and then you know just the the joy and of doing life with you know and so um i i don't know why i bring that up but i just you know i, I guess just really getting to know each other it's no different i guess is what yeah. i'm saying mm-hmm. you know that yeah, I mean, I think uh, you mentioned in the open um, that I've done an Ironman, you know, flex. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's uh, I'm bringing it up for a point. Um, if you get involved in that in my life and celebrate that with me, yeah. that was a big high for me. I didn't think right. I could do it and mm-hmm. I did it. Like right. there are still things that you can insert yourself into my life and be a part of in the yeah. same way right. um, that I hope would be as um, encouraging or, you know, as joyful mm-hmm. um, for us to share together. Yeah. yeah. Dave, I love that you said that because something Ash and I were talking about earlier is after um, you turn 21 or you graduate college, there mm-hmm. are no milestones mm-hmm. to celebrate mm-hmm. if you are single or have no children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like one of the biggest gifts you can give single people in their like in your relationship is to celebrate things that are important to them, whether yes. it's an Ironman completed or a new ministry launch or milestone in the ministry, or it's, mm-hmm. you know, I just threw my sister who's a year older than me, um, who's also single. I just threw her a puppy shower because mm. she got a puppy and <laughs> everyone was like, this is so funny. I'm like, I know I don't even like animals, but I'm doing it because <laughs> this is a big deal for my sister's life. Yeah. And so what are milestones you can celebrate? Because single people go to all the baby showers and all the wedding showers mm. and all the birthday parties and all of the things. But what are we doing for our single friends to celebrate what they've chosen that's in great. their life? I think that's a great yeah. practical look for, for sure. milestones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so as we as we start to wrap up, a couple of things. I'd, I'd love to hear you guys answer the question. Uh, if, if, if there's a single person listening, what would you say to them? Like, what would you encourage them with? What would you want them? What would you want them to know? I, I would love to say um, a couple of things. One, the first thing I would say is that you're not in this alone. There's a lot of us out here. Uh, feel free to reach out. Um, we are, uh, there's a lot of us and, and we are uh, doing good work. But I think on top of that, I would say, um, I mentioned a little bit earlier, this season of your life is as important as any season you'll ever live to mm. God, I believe. I believe that he's just as concerned with your ministry today as he will be to the way you raise your kids. Mm. I think he cares deeply about you and how you live this season. So don't waste it. Uh, don't wish it away. Enjoy it. Uh, leverage the unique opportunities that you have with your finances and your time. Uh, and use those well uh, and enjoy it for what it is. It's a unique season in life that you, you won't get back. Um, so really maximize it and know that um, it's just a really important phase. Don't miss it. Oh. Hey. oh. I see what you did there. I didn't even mean yeah, to do that. That's how it should I'm going to jump off of that and say something a little different, um, that your singleness doesn't have to be a season. It can actually sure. be the, right. the what you choose to land in. Mm-hmm. Um, and something Dave, you said earlier is like your life doesn't start once you get married. Um, so I would just encourage anyone that's listening, that single, whether you have a, a heart's desire to be married or not, like just to keep pursuing who God's made you to be and what he's called you to do and don't settle because there's a deeper loneliness than being alone and it's being with the wrong person. And I think if you are running with all of who you are. At, towards God in all the, in the ways he's gifted you and someone ends up running next to you, you're like, hey, how you doing, you know? Yes. But if you have to slow down, turn around or change directions, don't even waste your time. Hmm. Wow. I would say that it's okay to speak up. Speak up about 
where you are. Um, it's such an uncomfortable conversation to have at times, but I think the tendency is for us to want to just dismiss it ourselves and just say, oh, they don't understand, or they're try- I'm trying to get them to set me up, or I'm trying to get them to stop asking me about it. But I think, I think we need to talk about it way more. Yeah. So I would just encourage single people to talk, what, whatever place you are in, in that season of your life, whether it's to be single for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's okay to talk about it and, and find people that will celebrate you and champion yeah. you on too. So what about the flip side of that? So we've, if we've got ministry leaders listening who are married and they are leading, maybe they're on staff, maybe they're just volunteers who are single, what would you, what would you say to those married leaders? Thanks for listening to this podcast and right? for making that, it that is, this yeah. far in I this episode. Would, that's great. Like hats off to you. Yeah. You're amazing. And I think you have a lot of influence in this conversation as a married person because you are are going to have a lot more influence than other married people who lead singles mm. and the conversations that happen around a table. And you have this awesome opportunity you know, to represent the voice of singles around a table that may not have a single person sitting around it. Oh, and one more thing. I was also going to say, you have a really awesome opportunity to advocate for the singles on your team, Mm -hmm. like for whether it's their pay or their, you know, their time, you know, like compensating, Mm -hmm. like when they do have to work different hours, like you were saying earlier, Dave, I love that. Um, I just, you know, I just think it's important that what I keep thinking is, you know, like talk to your employees, not because it Mm -hmm. makes them feel better, but because you actually love them and want to Mm -hmm. know what's going on in their life. And I think you can ask a lot of really tough questions if that's the motivation. Mm. Like I'm trying to understand your heart. I'm trying to understand, you know, what, what you're excited about, what you're afraid of, what you're Mm. really thinking Mm. about these things. I think that it will help inform you on those decisions and keep a lot of this top of mind. I love what you said. I was thinking, you know, you said, talk about it. I was thinking as a boss, I think I would respond pretty well to, Hey, can I talk to you about a tension that I'm having? Um, or a feeling that I'm having, I th- I think I would respond well. You might work for somebody that that wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that might not be a job you need long term. Um, if that's really the case, but you know, um, I think I think that's a great way to to put it. One for those of you who are married and ha- are working with singles, talk to them about it. Try to understand what's going on. And for those of you who are single, I think it's okay to bring it up. Yeah, that it's, it's a tension. So. All right, so last thoughts, lightning round before we wrap <laughs> up. Any Anything that you want to say that you didn't get a chance to share during the episode? I have a lot of things about small groups I'd love to talk about. But, <laughs> We've got other episodes. Uh, yeah, about that but show. I'll let them, so I'll let them speak. We'll put those in the show notes for you, Chef. Uh, as youth workers, I think we have an incredible opportunity, not just to model what this looks like for our teenagers, but we can really, I mean, raise up a generation of teenagers who understands this in a new way. I mean, we're already seeing in research that values are changing for Mm. Gen Z and that's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. And, you know, research is also telling us more and more people are choosing not to get married Mm. or choosing to get married later. And so I just think we have an incredible opportunity as youth workers um, to really speak truth into our teenagers' life. Chef, when you were talking about how you and JoJo watch say yes to the dress Mm -hmm. Um, and you caught yourself in saying like one day when you get married, I think something amazing we could do for our teenagers is say something like one day if you choose to get married Mm -hmm. so that they learn at a young age that it's a choice and that when they grow up, they aren't feeling like a failure or they aren't settling for somebody who's not the right person. Um, And that really the end 
the end line, the end game isn't marriage. It's God's kingdom come. And it's how God's wired us and how he's wired us to help bring his kingdom to this earth and the people we get to interact with. And I think if we can help teenagers realize it's bigger than that, God is bigger than just marriage and children, I feel like that feels way more compelling and something personally I would want to be part of. It's uh, it, it's it's interesting to me. You just something just dawned on me as you were talking that uh, the people that we're all ministering to in youth ministry are single people. Um, so the way that we treat <laughs> single people on our staffs, the way we talk about being single, um, the way we treat ourselves as single people, the way we talk about it and it, express ourselves is being listened to by students, and they're making assumptions about where where they are being single. I think yeah. so. Just know that and and live your life with integrity and uh, be proud of how you spend your days. And I think you're going to be pretty happy with that. Yeah. I just want to add that we're not angry. That's good. <laughs> we really do celebrate marriage and the covenant yeah. and, you know, that God has, you know, and just what family does mean to God, you know, but just going back to what Ash said, that singleness is not a curse. And mm. if we can get married people to celebrate the same way that we do celebrate the covenants of marriage and family that God has instituted, that he cares about both. Yeah. And, and my last thought would be, when I started working with uh, a woman named Mandy who was single and we did ministry together and she became a really close friend and still is a close friend, it completely changed the way that I talked about relationships from the stage. And I started to recognize and filter things differently because of that relationship that I had with her. So I would say youth leaders, as we're on the stage and we're talking about things like dating and relationships and futures, which we should be talking about, we just need to be careful about the kind of language and Mm -hmm. the expectations that we might be accidentally setting and the way that you guys are talking about. Ashley, AJ, Dave, thanks for hanging out with us and Mm. for being so vulnerable on a topic that isn't maybe the easiest thing to talk about with who knows how many people are going to listen and watch. And (laughs) Jeff, thanks for accidentally uh, showing up for the wrong podcast. That was a blast. Um, Thanks for having me. So thank you guys for hanging out with us in this conversation. And you can check out the show notes at rethinkingym.org. And there's a link to our Facebook group. And you can jump into conversations just like this with us. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. And have a great day.